0: Good afternoon, and thank you for attending today's Sentinel One Q4 FY 2023 Earnings Conference Call. My name is Tamia, and I will be your moderator for today. All lines will be muted during the presentation portion of the call with an opportunity for questions and answers at the end. If you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. It is now my pleasure to pass the conference over to your host, Doug Clark, Vice President, Investor Relations. You may proceed.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sentinel One's earnings call for the fourth quarter and fiscal year 2023 ended January 31st. With us today are Tomer Weingarten, CEO, and Dave Bernhardt, CFO. Our press release and a shareholder letter were issued earlier today and are posted on our website. This call is being broadcast live via webcast, and following the call, an audio replay will be available on the investor relations section of our website. Before we begin, I would like to remind you that during today's call, we'll be making forward-looking statements regarding future events and financial performance, including our guidance for the first fiscal quarter and full fiscal year 24, as well as certain long-term financial targets. We caution you that such statements reflect our best judgment based on factors currently known to us and that the actual events or results could differ materially. Please refer to the documents we file from time to time with the SEC, in particular, our annual report on Form 10-K, and our quarterly reports on Form 10-Q. These documents contain and identify important risk factors and other information that may cause our actual results to differ materially from those contained in our forward-looking statements. Any forward-looking statements made during this call are being made as of today. If this call is replayed or reviewed after today, the information presented during the call may not contain current or accurate information. Except as required by law, we assume no obligation to update these forward-looking statements publicly or to update the reasons actual results could differ materially from those anticipated in the forward-looking statements, even if new information becomes available in the future. During this call, unless otherwise stated, we will discuss non-GAAP financial measures. These non-GAAP financial measures are not prepared in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles. A reconciliation of the GAAP and non-GAAP results is provided in today's press release and in our shareholder letter. These non-GAAP measures are not intended to be a substitute for GAAP results. The financial outlook that we have provided today excludes stock-based compensation expense, employer payroll tax on employee stock transactions, amortization expense of acquired intangible assets, and acquisition-related compensation costs, which cannot be determined at this time and are therefore not reconciled in today's press release. And with that, let me turn it over to Tomer Weingarten, CEO of Sentinel One.
2: Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining our fiscal fourth quarter earnings goal. We reported a strong close to the year and exceeded expectations across all key metrics, including ARR revenue, gross margin, and operating margin. We're delivering high growth with substantial margin improvement. Macroeconomic headwinds remain consistent, yet we achieved two significant milestones. We cost half a billion dollars in ARR, and our global customer base now exceeds the 10,000 mark. This is tremendous progress in terms of the scale and speed in which we achieved it. Our sights are set much higher. These results reflect strong execution and competitive position across both endpoint and cloud security markets. We're a proven technology leader in all three major industry evaluations, MITRE, Gartner Magic Quadrant, In the top ranking in each Gartner critical capabilities for endpoint protection, signifying that One is a top choice for businesses of all sizes and complexities. Our technology is helping enterprises consolidate point solutions, realize better business outcomes, and modernize their security stack through the power of machine speed automation. Our singularity platform is designed to be cost efficient in ways that incumbent solutions can't match. Our platform breadth across endpoint, cloud, identity and data delivers best-in-class security and value for our customers and diverse growth opportunities for our business across multiple large TAMs. as always please read our shareholder letter published on the investor relations website which provides a lot more detail on today's call i'll cover three key areas one details of our quarterly performance showing our performance on all key matrix better execution and stronger competitive position two we're focusing our investments and roadmap in areas of key technology differentiation, large addressable markets, and critical enterprise needs. Three, I'll discuss the broader demand environment. We're committed to delivering high growth with continued margin improvement and long-term profitability. Let's first turn the discussion to our quarterly performance. We delivered strong revenue and ARR growth driven by continued adoption of our singularity platform across endpoint cloud identity and adjacent solutions. For the full year, we achieved 106% revenue growth. Our teams executed beyond my expectations to close the year. We're taking market share, and we significantly exceeded the rule of 50 again in the fourth quarter. We've consistently combined rapid growth with meaningful margin improvement, showcasing strong unit economics and scalability of our business model. Our gross margin reached a new record, and our operating margin expanded over 30 percentage points in Q4. Overall, we've expanded operating margin by more than 25 percentage points year-over-year for six consecutive quarters. These are great results. I'm proud of the dedication and hard work of Sentinels around the world who make this all possible. Q4 was one of our strongest quarters of win rates and new customer additions, including enterprises with ARR of over $1 million. We added nearly 750 new customers in the quarter, and our total customer count grew about 50% year-over-year, exceeding 10,000. Keep in mind, this is dramatically understated as we don't count the customer service by our MSSP partners. Our customers with ARR over $100,000 grew 74% year over year. We added a record number of global 2,000 enterprises in the quarter, spending major U.S. federal agencies, global financial institutions, and technology pioneers for both endpoint and cloud footprints. Putting this all together, our ARR per customer continued to increase showing our success with large enterprises and increasing adoption of our platform solutions. Existing customers are doubling down on their commitment and consolidating on our Singularity platform. Our gross retention rate improved sequentially and net retention rate remained above 130%, driven by footprint expansion and module adoption. Singularity Cloud is hitting exit velocity and once again remained our fastest growing solution in Q4 followed by strong contributions from other adjacent capabilities like data retention, vigilance MDR, and identity security. For the full year, our emerging capabilities represented over one-third of bookings demonstrating strong growth from both endpoint and adjacent solutions, providing another growth vector for the future. Our partner-supported go-to-market model continues to unlock meaningful scale and enhance our market position. We achieved another quarter of standout growth from our MSSP partners as businesses are increasingly turning to managed security protection. Many of the leading MSSP providers have built successful practices on top of our Singularity platform. We're also starting to see the early adoption of modules through the MSSP channel, adding another growth driver in this channel. Together, we're providing enterprise-grade protection to customers of all sizes. Let's turn to the cloud security market and our success. Cloud workload protection is a critical enterprise need with a potentially unbounded greenfield market opportunity. The number of cloud workloads can easily surpass the number of employees at any enterprise. The cloud security market has the potential to become even larger than the endpoint market over time. As enterprises are rapidly shifting workloads to the cloud, Rising cloud-based attacks are bringing awareness to this critical enterprise need. Q4 was our strongest ever quarter for cloud security. It contributed about 15% of our quarterly ACV and more than doubled quarter over quarter. The growth of our cloud worker protection solution is being propelled by rising customer adoption, multiple million dollar wins and critical competitive replacements. In the fourth quarter, a global Internet platform ripped out a competitive cloud security solution and replaced it with centron One in a multimillion-dollar one-to-one takeout. There were clear architectural shortcomings in the competitive solution. It was breaking production services in Linux environments and was cost-prohibitive due to their agents' resource overconsumption. The enterprise turned to centron One for superior technology and experience, Singularity Cloud has distinct security performance benefits and operational stability compared to our endpoint peers. In general, cloud is opening new customer opportunities for us regardless of endpoint incumbency. The growth potential is substantial. And I'm excited to share that our partnership with Wiz, the leader in CSPM, will allow customers to get more comprehensive cloud protection through the addition of cloud security posture management. This combination creates a far superior cloud security offering more than any other single vendor on the market. Let's look at a broader competitive landscape. Q4 was one of our strongest quarters. Our overall win rates improved, including against large next-gen vendors. We're winning in a significant majority of competitive situations, and our ASPs have remained stable. And we expect this trend to continue. We are focused on expanding our pipeline, leveraging our channel, and generating more at-bats. Let me share an example of a large financial institution that moved away from Microsoft to Sentinel-1, a solid platform win where we helped the customer consolidate point solutions across endpoint cloud and many other adjacent modules. After an unpleasant experience with technological limitations and high total cost of ownership, the customer realized the huge difference between expectations and outcomes. After years of security gaps and difficult operability, the customer replaced Microsoft with Sentinel-1 we were able to deliver broader coverage from a single platform. We see this time and time again. Customers most commonly select Center One for leading security performance and breadth, ease of use, and better platform value. Our AI-based security and unified data architecture provides performance benefits and a cost structure that allows us to remain highly competitive, enabling us to increase deal sizes and expand our gross margins while consolidating costs and reducing complexity for our customers. Our competitive advantages also extend to our partner ecosystem. For years, we've taken a partner-friendly go-to-market approach where we enable their business instead of competing against them. This is especially important for strategic partnerships like MSSPs. We've architecturally designed capabilities that enhance these relationships like multi-tenancy, automation, and role-based access control. We've cultivated an extensive and diverse network of channel partners that's very hard to replicate. It's not just a package design, but a true competitive technology moat. We're enabling our partners through thousands of accreditations and technical training, and these initiatives drive more channel engagement, more deal registrations, larger pipeline, and continue to expand the Central One brand and platform. I want to be clear. This is a large and competitive market, like many areas of security and software. It always has been. We continue to succeed with win rates and share gains. We're addressing multiple large TAMs and opportunities for growth. Our customers' values center on one's culture of trust and transparency, a philosophy we bring to every potential relationship. Positive customer experience and feedback cuts through any marketing noise and speaks for itself. We lead and garner peer reviews for both endpoint and cloud security, where we're recognized for capabilities, platform value, and superior business outcomes. Let's turn the discussion to our innovation and product roadmap. Superior technology is the foundation of how we help our partners and our customers build more resilient enterprises. A platform is only as good as the sum of its parts, and we intend to remain best of breed in all aspects of our platform. We're pursuing the most focused roadmap we've had as a company. It ensures alignment amongst customer needs, product development, and go-to-market. In the new fiscal year, we're focusing on three core areas of innovation and product development. One, advancing our leadership in endpoint security. Two, strengthening our cloud security advantage. Three, expanding our platform capabilities and market opportunity. Why these? Each one represents a core area of technology differentiation, significant market expansion potential, and addresses critical enterprise security needs. Our platform extends across endpoint, cloud identity, and data. This cuts across multiple growing TAMs that are likely to exceed $100 billion in the coming years. Our top priority is to ensure enterprises are secure and protected today and for the future. Building upon three consecutive years of leading in the MITRE attack evaluations, we're committed to staying ahead of the threat landscape, adversaries, and our competitors. Once again, Gartner recognized Center One as a leader in the magic quadrant for input protection platforms, Our placement in the magic quadrant validates our go-to-market execution and vision of AI-based modern cybersecurity. More importantly, we are ranked the highest across all three customer use cases in the Gartner critical capabilities for endpoint protection platforms. These top rankings emphasize our superior platform depth, breadth, and relevance for organizations of every size, maturity, and industry. We're delivering on our mission to be a force for good, fortifying customer defenses against the most sophisticated threats at machine speed. Our second area of focus is to extend our cloud security advantage. As I discussed, we achieved new highs in cloud security growth and large customer wins in Q4. These are sizable deals, including several multimillion dollar wins and can easily match or exceed the size of the endpoint deployment for these customers. Singularity cloud architecture, operational stability, resource efficiency, and leading protection stand out clearly from the competition. We're in an excellent position to address a critical and rapidly growing greenfield opportunity. We're extending our cloud security advantage by combining forces with Wiz, the leader in cloud security posture management. Through this exclusive go-to-market partnership, we're combining two of the leading cloud security assets in the market and creating an unbeatable choice for enterprises delivering full coverage with end-to-end cloud security. Our joint customer base and new prospects will benefit from having both Singularity Cloud's leading workload protection for real-time, runtime protection and WIZ's leading posture management capabilities to detect and remediate misconfigurations across diverse cloud environments. And lastly, We'll continue to expand the breadth of our platform capabilities specifically around security data lake identity security and vulnerability management our platform approach helps enterprises consolidate point solutions and gain favorable total cost of ownership these innovations will magnify our competitive advantage in the coming years as one innovation example we are the first and only security platform protecting multiple attack surfaces with a unified and fully integrated security data lake, The ability to integrate all enterprise data in one place with a single pane of glass is critical for securing a modern enterprise parameter. This is the true evolution of XDR, driven by superior cost, performance, and scale. Our fully integrated data architecture eliminates the need for multiple query languages and outsource SEM or logging solutions. This provides for superior outcomes and meaningful advantage over incumbent data analytics solutions. The impact is material, faster speeds, lower costs, and easier to deploy and to use. Being first to market gives us an edge over peers. We're just scratching the surface of a massive security data market opportunity ripe for disruption. Finally, let's shift gears to the demand environment. We're committed to delivering high-growth, with continued margin improvement and long-term profitability. Global economic conditions remain similar to last quarter. We continue to see customer cost consciousness and prudence around IT budgets, which has led to longer sales cycles and deal right-sizing. We expect these dynamics to continue. Customers are evaluating deals to ensure they are getting the best product and value at a rational price. Fundamentally, the enterprise need for cybersecurity remains mission critical. Our platform solutions, including endpoint cloud identity and security data, are among the top IT spending priorities. Our AI-based security and platform approach allows us to be flexible in meeting diverse budgetary needs and deliver our customers a favorable cost of ownership, especially important in today's environment. I'm incredibly encouraged by our pipeline entering the year, as well as our record pipeline generation so far in Q1. Our pipeline has nearly doubled year over year. Most importantly, our win rates increased, we're seeing high retention and expansion from customers, and our teams are executing well. We're focused on maintaining high growth, and we expect to deliver 51% revenue growth this year. This puts us in a rare category of high-growth security companies, substantially outgrowing our industry and peers. We've also made tremendous progress on margin improvement in a short period of time. In Q4, we delivered record gross margin driven by increasing scale and in data-enabled efficiencies. We completed the migration of our entire backend into data set a couple of quarters ago. This gives us more control into our forward cost structure as we continue to scale and improve gross margins. In addition, our significant operating margin improvement in Q4 clearly shows our agility and sharp focus on cost management. Looking ahead, will remain dynamic by strategically investing in key growth areas and ensuring that our path to profitability does not deviate across different economic scenarios. We expect to deliver another year of significant operating margin improvement and continue our progress towards achieving profitability in fiscal year 25. Before handing the call over to Dave to discuss the details of our financials and outlook, I'd like to share progress on our recent initiatives undertaken to elevate execution and enhance team structures. As discussed last quarter, our focus as a team has been to elevate our execution and performance management. These are important ingredients to scale the business. I'm extremely pleased with improving execution of Sentinels, which is clearly demonstrated by our fourth quarter outperformance across all aspects. Our total employee retention is about 10% better than the industry average. This is also true if you just look at the sales organization at a subgroup level. This is not trivial. During a time when our key competitors are instituting multiple rounds of layoffs. We have intentionally made enhancements and incorporated performance management into our operations and it's already having a positive impact on our delivery, innovation roadmap, and financial performance. Two quarters ago, we decided to unify the product and engineering organizations, consolidating the CPO and CTO roles under a single leader, Rick Smith. This allows us to achieve better alignment and higher velocity. We've strengthened our leadership in the past few quarters with several executive additions that bring scale, experience, and technology expertise that span beyond the endpoint market that are important for the future of One. These are the right moves as we evolve from endpoint to a broader security platform covering endpoint cloud identity and data. We strive to foster a productive and rewarding culture, and our efforts show results. Our Glassdoor ratings are near perfect at 4.9 and easily the highest among peers. I'm proud of 1 being named as the best workplace in technology on Fortune's US ranking for 2022. Our people are some of the best in the business and are highly motivated. In closing, the world is going through a sea change on geopolitical, economic, and technological fronts. Just think about the evolution of AI in the past few months. Right before our eyes, we've seen AI evolve significantly unlocking massive opportunities across endless applications. AI is a tremendous disruptor, but all of us should be mindful of the benefits and risks of innovation. This puts massive power and influence in the hands of certain technology companies, but also in the hands of those that seek to inflict harm. How that power is used is a choice. Left unchallenged, there can be serious and potentially dangerous externalities. Responsibility, good business practices and safeguarding operations are essential. We should also be mindful of the deep societal impact and widening gap in the evolution of the human mind, especially in an AI-assisted reality. Coupled with the fragility of trustworthy information in the age of global social media, disinformation, and deepfake technologies, AI can be used to undermine world order and shape false narratives that can severely disrupt our way of life. Inversely, AI can also be harnessed to help with cybersecurity and safety. This is why we're using AI in a directed, structured, and targeted way. From early on, we developed a fully automated AI-based security platform, integrating neural networks to serve a specific use case and function, combating cyber attacks and protecting our digital way of life as a force for good. We continuously work to evolve our models and provide cutting-edge capabilities to customers around the world, while responsibly ensuring safety and ethics. Our growth and innovation journey continues. I want to thank all Sentinels, our customers, partners, and shareholders for their contributions and support. With that, I will turn the call over to Dave Bernhardt, our Chief Financial Officer. Tomer, thank you. I'll discuss
3: our quarterly financials and provide additional context around our guidance for Q1 and fiscal year 24. As a reminder, all comparisons are year-over-year, year and all margins discussed are non-GAAP unless otherwise stated. Our fourth quarter results exceeded expectations across the board. We delivered high growth and substantial margin expansion. Revenue grew 92% in the fourth quarter and 106% for the full year. Our ARR grew 88% to $549 million, crossing half a billion dollars, a significant milestone. Once again, we meaningfully exceeded the rule of 50 in the quarter, indicating the strength of our competitive position and unit economics. Revenue from international markets grew 125% and represented 35% of revenue. We are just beginning to tap into our global growth potential. Macro headwinds remained, yet we added net new ARR of $61 in the quarter, reflecting sequential growth of 25%. Our ARR per customer increased sequentially, reflecting the continued momentum from large enterprises and a higher customer adoption of our platform, notably in cloud security. We continue to see a healthy mix of new customers and existing customer expansion. Existing customers are doubling down with Sentinel-1 as our gross retention rate improves sequentially. Plus, our net retention rate remained north of 130% well above our target of 120%, driven by strong subscription expansion and cross-sell of adjacent solutions. Expansion of our platform with existing customers and MSSP partners has proven to be durable and resilient, fueling a solid base of growth, regardless of broader conditions. Turning to our costs and margins, our gross margin reached a new record of 75% in Q4, reflecting an increase of 9% versus last year. This demonstrates our tremendous progress within the past 12 months. It shows the success of our land and expand strategy and platform unit economics, where we collect data once and enable more and more capabilities. It also underscores the importance and benefit from our fully integrated data analytics backend. Adjusted for certain non-recurring benefits, our Q4 margin was about 73.5%, up about two percentage points sequentially and above our guidance. These items included reconciliations and benefits of outstanding credits under a prior cloud hosting agreement. We recently signed a new agreement with one of our cloud hosting partners as a result of our increasing scale. Going forward, we expect this new agreement to enhance cost efficiency and support further margin improvement in fiscal 24 and beyond. Looking at the rest of our P&L, we delivered 31 percentage points of operating margin improvement year over year to negative 35% in Q4. This marks the sixth consecutive quarter of over 25 points of margin improvement. On a dollar basis, we also reduced our operating losses sequentially in Q4. For the full year, we achieved 36 percentage points of operating margin improvement. Our focus on cost discipline continues to show meaningful progress towards our profitability targets. Moving to our guidance for Q1 and the full fiscal year 24. In Q1, we expect revenue of about $137 million, reflecting growth of 75% year over year. For the full year, we expect revenue to be between $631 million and $640 million, reflecting annual growth of 51% at the midpoint. We expect the macro related uncertainties to persist for the full year and a conservative view on revenue and ARR expectations is prudent in today's environment. We have the raw materials to deliver against Q1 and our full year targets. Our pipeline has nearly doubled year over year and throughout Q1, we've continued to build pipeline at a record pace while elevating our brand. We are winning with new customers and our existing customers continue to adopt more licenses and broader platform capabilities. We're encouraged by the diverse and large growth opportunities in front of us. Turning to the outlook for margins, we've taken a major step forward as a company, moving closer to our long-term gross margin target of 75 to 80% or higher. We're benefiting from data efficiencies inherent in our business model and our platform approach. We expect Q1 gross margin to be about 73.5%, a slight increase compared to steady state Q4 levels and over five percentage points of year-over-year expansion. For the full year we expect gross margin to be between seventy three and a half and seventy four and a half percent up about two percentage points year over year at the midpoint. We expect benefits from our increasing scale and improving data processing efficiencies to continue. finally, for operating margin, we expect negative forty one percent in q one implying an improvement of over thirty percentage points year over year. For the full year we expect operating margin to be between negative twenty nine and negative twenty five percent an improvement of about 22 points at the midpoint compared to fiscal year 23. We've made significant investments in innovation and talent over the past few years. This gives us ample runway to deliver against our product roadmap and growth targets. We expect to benefit from operating leverage as we moderate headcount growth and continue to unlock more productivity in fiscal year 24 and progress towards profitability. We don't intend to sacrifice growth or market share. Our investment approach will remain highly selective and focused on key areas of competitive strength. We will remain dynamic and are committed to delivering on our margin improvement regardless of how the broader macro environment unfolds. We have and will continue to pace our investments with our growth. We have a very strong balance sheet with 1.2 billion in cash, cash equivalents and in investments and no debt. That's substantial. As a note, our exposure to Silicon Valley Bank's insolvency was immaterial. And we have no financial risks associated with them. Our balance sheet provides us with the durability, flexibility, and the path to generating positive cash flow. Our goal remains to deliver positive free cash flow by the end of the year, subject to global economic conditions. And we remain committed to balancing compelling top-line growth with consistent margin improvement and to our goal of achieving profitability in fiscal year 25. In summary, our Q4 performance was a strong end to a strong fiscal year 23. We expect to continue to outgrow the market in fiscal year 24 while progressing towards profitability. We're addressing multiple large markets, providing multiple vectors for future growth and success. Thank you all for joining us today. We can now take questions. Operator, can you please open up the line? Thank you.
0: Absolutely. We will now begin the question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by 1 on your telephone keypad. If for any reason at all you would like to remove that question, please press star followed by 2. Again, to ask a question, please press star 1. As a quick reminder, if you're using a speakerphone, please remember to pick up your handset before asking your question. We would like everyone to note that each person will be allowed 1 question today. The 1st question comes from Brian Essex with JP Morgan. You may proceed.
4: Hi, good afternoon. Thank you for taking the question. Um, Dave, I was wondering if you could dig in a little bit to uh, into the gross margins. Um, I, I caught you that there were some adjustments there. Um, you know, I think investors this quarter were a little bit concerned about, um, you know, what they heard was, you know, inc- increased pricing uh, competition or competitiveness on a pricing front. Could you maybe unpack that a little bit? How how much of this gross margin is credits? Um It looks like even... Even backing out adjustments, it was still pretty robust, um, which would kind of refute any kind of pricing pressure commentary out there. And then how do we think about that um, from a, I guess, from a scale over data migration efficiency perspective with regard to your um, guidance for next year? Thank you.
3: I don't know where the narrative about the, the pricing pressure, you know, we hear it a lot, but we're really not seeing it. We had stable uh, average selling prices during the quarter. Uh, and in terms of, of the, you know, percentage, I guess, of, you know, if we want to call it a reconciliation, you know, at the end of the existing uh, or end of the prior contract as we signed the new one, you know, we, we had to reconcile some usage uh, against the, the credits that we earned under the existing contract. That was a little less than, a you know, about a point and a half. Um we you know obviously um that would have put us around seventy three and a half percent margin on a on a steady state basis, which is the the low end of what we're guiding you know it's what we're guiding for q one and the low end of what we're guiding for next year so we're we're looking at this as 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 the ability to continue our our expansion of gross margin um you know seventy three to seventy four and a half percent is getting a lot closer to the
5: seventy five percent that we've given uh everyone as a long term uh forecast. Thank you. The next question comes from Trevor Walsh with JMP
0: Securities. Your line is open.
4: Great. Thanks, team, for taking my question. Appreciate it. Uh, Tomer, regarding the uh, partnership uh, with Wiz, can you give us a little color around, um, you, you mentioned kind of some go-to-market um, partnership
3: or kind of strategies there in
4: both kind of new logo and
3: uh, current customers. Can you give us a sense of the the current overlap between the two customer bases and is the kind of initial low-hanging fruit to basically sell into your respective kind of non-overlapping uh, accounts, and then go after new logos? Or just maybe, just
4: give us some color on how you see that um, playing out, and then maybe for Dave uh, as a follow-up, does, is that baked into the guidance at all around kind of how you guys are looking at that that partnership and heading into FY
3: '24?
0: Thanks.
2: Of course, um, you know it's a it's a great partnership. Um, it's something that allows us to deliver end-to-end cloud security. Uh, from the security posture management, which obviously Wiz is one of the best companies out there, Um, and for us on the workload protection side, uh, where we deliver runtime protection for workloads of any kind. So it's a great complementary capability set. Um, In terms of the the go-to-market element of it, obviously there's a high degree of non-overlapping customers, which is why we're very excited about the partnership. It's a Two-way partnership, which means that Wiz can resell and take our best of breed workload protection to their customer base, and we can take their leading CSPM capability set into our customer base, which I think on both ends is highly penetrated on each other's offerings. I mean, obviously we're seeing great success with our workload protection platform. They're enjoying, you know, massive success with their CSPM um, product and solution. So to us, I mean, this is just a great marriage of um, two adjacent capabilities that both customer sets are looking for, um, and, and, again, it's completely reciprocal.
3: And in terms of, of how this is considered within our guidance, this it, it, is very early in the partnership. You know, I, I'd say we currently view it mostly as upside potential, just just how nascent the, the, the partnership is. You know, it, it has the potential to be transformative, but it, it's so early to tell right now that you know we would update you guys if we saw
5: you know an immediate change in that thank you the following question comes from saket kalia with barclays you may proceed
6: okay great hey guys thanks for taking my question here um dave maybe maybe two housekeeping questions for for you if i may here just to just to clarify things so the first one is uh apologies if I missed it, but did we comment at all just on the ARR guide for for this year? And and then secondly, I think the margin guide for this year, great to see the uh, you know the, the, the operating loss narrowing. You know, I think we were targeting about 25 points of expansion, as we've talked about in the past. You know, I think you, you talked about this being about 22. Anything to note there just from a time of, ex, of expenses or maybe sh- should we just think about that as maybe a good starting point uh, at this early point in the year? In in terms of of where we're at in in
3: conservatism, you know, I think that 22% is, you know, roughly where we think it is early in the year. Uh, Obviously, we always look to improve that. You know, in in terms of the ARR growth, um, you know, we guide the revenue. You know, our guidance is for revenue to grow 51% at the midpoint, um, you know, and obviously revenue and ARR track closely. This is really just us taking a prudent and conservative approach based on the current macro environment um you know and we we expect these conditions to continue throughout the year um you know we're expecting relatively flat net new ARR for the year um you know and that that would imply about 47% ARR growth um and 50% ARR growth is 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 still achievable and and we're you know we're we're working towards that but want to be prudent in terms of our guidance
6: very helpful thanks guys
5: Thank you. The next question comes from Gabriela Borges with Goldman Sachs. Excuse me, the next question comes from Josh Tilton with Wolf Research. You may
2: proceed.
6: Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Just a pretty high level one for me, actually. Um, As you guys start to sell maybe into some of these 2023 security budgets, um are they better or worse than what you thought they were going to be headed into the year? And maybe how does endpoint security as a priority within this budget uh changed if at all when compared to last year? And just just a quick follow up, did you did you just confirm that you're you're still guiding that 50% ARR growth for this year?
3: Uh, officially, you know, I think it's 47%, 50% is is, is clearly a target for us and, and is achievable. You know, we just have a lot of work to do to get there. That, that's certainly our our, our upwards trajectory in, in
2: terms of the goal. Yeah, in terms of endpoint budgets, um, I think, you know, it's an incredibly durable TAM. It's still a priority spend item for most enterprises out there. I think what's also interesting to note is that We're seeing in more and more cases where we're able to come in with a fully modernized platform and really almost shoe in into their current budget and spend with legacy providers. So in essence, we're able to provide customers today with a better value platform, uh, but without expanding their budget too much. Obviously, if they're opting for more capabilities, that's where budget expansion could happen. But, as far as it pertains to the actual core endpoint market, uh, we feel really good about the budgeting. We feel really good about our price point and our ability to come in, completely displace, consolidate away some of the incumbent solutions out there. Uh, with added capabilities that we kind of mentioned on the on the call earlier, like vulnerability management, MDR, I mean these are just increased capabilities that you can now get from a single vendor. I mean, all of these, again, provide for just superior cost consolidation, so we feel we are well positioned to not only continue and grow within the endpoint market, but really do it in a fashion that is um, a bit more macro-resilient. It's actually something that talks to the existing budget, to the existing spend that they have with their incumbent vendors, but only now they can get a modernized platform and obviously you know, reduce a huge amount of risk versus using a legacy vendor. So all these trends, you know, they play favorably towards a platform like ours. Um, and I think from there, you know, the routes to expand through the years, the lifetime value we get from these customers, um, kind of with our leading gross retention rate, um, obviously for us, you know, it's, it's, again, creating a dynamic where we can continue and grow.
5: Thank you. The next question comes from Jonathan Ho with William Blair.
0: You may proceed.
3: Hi, uh, can you hear me okay? Yes. Hello? Okay, so just wanted to, um, I guess, ask about net retention rates as we start to contemplate uh, the ARR guidance for next year. How should we think about uh, where those, those will head over time? Thank you.
2: Largely, we we expect them to stay right around the levels that they're at. Um, We do factor into our own internal plans um, even lower rates of net retention rate, but generally speaking, we've seen them be incredibly resilient, very consistent um, for for quite a few quarters now. Um, It's very clear that customers are opting for more of our modules and capabilities, um, it's very clear that node expansion is still out there, even though customers are right-sizing to what they need. Um, when they grow, when they need more coverage, when they discover more endpoints, um, that's obviously something that results in growth. So we're quite confident that we can stay at these levels. And as you can imagine, that can contribute or will contribute about you know, 50% of the overall net new ARR that we need Uh, for next year so when you factor all of that in you know we feel this is a relatively conservative guidance for next year it's really built on what we've done this year Um, we're just looking for a confident way to guide forward in highly uncertain times and we've chosen um, to go with that guide Um, as Dave mentioned um, you know we're, we're pushing as much as we can we believe we can overachieve that but right now we want to provide um, I think something that we um, can just go forward with with confidence.
5: Great, thank you. Thank you. The next question comes from Gray Powell with BTIG. You may proceed.
4: Oh, great. Thanks for thanks for taking the question. Um, oh. So so yeah. Congratulations on the um, on the solid results. And I just was wondering, you know, given macro headwinds, can can you talk about the linearity you saw throughout the quarter? Um, and is there anything you can say just on on trends that you've seen so far in February and
1: through early March?
2: Linearity has been has been much better than um, Q3. That's that's the one thing I can say. Uh, I think part of it is also our elevated execution and our ability um, to really adapt quickly um, to how sales cycles are managed. So all in all, we've seen you know, pretty normal linearity, uh, much in line with what we see in typical seasonality. And same goes for uh, for Q1 thus far, I think we're, uh, we're looking at really just seasonal linearity right now. Um, again, a lot of what we can control, we're now doing a better job in controlling and that results in, in just inline performance to what we expect, predictability is higher, um, and we feel pretty good about linearity um, quarterly and, and also through the year.
4: Okay, Th- thank you very much.
0: Thank you, the following question comes from Hamza Farawala with Morgan Stanley, you may proceed.
6: Good evening, thank you for taking my question. Um, Tomar, you you touched on this earlier, but I just wanted to put a finer point on it. Um, So there have been some management departures in the last um, six months or so. Has that had any at all sort of effect downstream within the sales organization? And can you just comment on overall sales force attrition rates relative to, let's say, one or two quarters ago? Thank you.
2: Sure, and I believe we've had. Um, I think in in our, um, you know, earlier on the call, we touched exactly on the retention rates uh, that we have for employees. I mean, it's still some of the best in the business, including the sales organization. We have also mentioned two quarters ago that we'll be embarking on performance management as a way to hone in on our sales organization specifically, and that's what we've done. Um, The sales, sales organization is actually executing better right now. We've seen no undesired attrition in the sales organization. I think if you look at our executive team as well, and we again repeated that on the earlier remarks, uh, we've consolidated our product organization into the technology organization. We've eliminated the CPO role. Um, So a lot of what we've been doing has been completely deliberate. Um, I think if you look at the marketing organization, um, obviously for us right now, um, it's all about improving and getting better. Um, If you looked at the Gartner Magic Quadrant for import protection, um, Gartner cites, you know, different challenges for different vendors. Um, The only challenge that they cited for us was actually on our marketing and our brand presence. So, to me, you know, when I look at this, maybe this is a blessing in disguise, but we Typically, you know, treat these things as just an opportunity to improve, an opportunity to be better. Um, and, again, we feel like we're already executing better. We're already making significant strides with the late ends of securing a new CMO for the company. So all in all, this had minimal effect on us, and, again, room for improvement.
5: Thank
0: you. Thank you. The next question comes from Roger Boyd with UBS. line is open
4: great thank you for taking the question just a quick high level one for me as you continue to expand the functionality of the singularity platform
3: what's your perspective on a build by partner decisions and has that framework shifted in any
2: direction in the current environment it's a great question and it has many factors um, into it Uh, i think we're still out there looking at potential opportunities i mean obviously This market is not so great uh, for some of the private companies out there um, that might have some really, really interesting capabilities for the years to come. Um, And on the flip side, obviously, as we're striving towards profitability, we also want to to be very mindful as to how much we invest in building new capabilities. We feel we have a a fairly substantial portfolio of capabilities true to today. Um, so for us right now, a lot of it is about putting into market and continuing our growth in areas like cloud security, the security data lake capability, which today, you know, it's the first and only in the market for unified security data lake that can consolidate more data from other adjacent components in the enterprise. So for us, you know, it's the capability to um, really hone in on what we've been doing today before we run into more capabilities but at the same time um, you know we are going to be looking into more capabilities that's going to underscore what we do into the future Um, last point about that if you again go back and look at the gartner magic quadrant and the gartner critical capabilities Um, research paper, Um, Center One was highlighted number one in the amount, breadth, and depth of capabilities it has and its relevance to each and every customer type out there, from the smallest customers to the biggest customers. Um, We are today the broadest, most relevant platform out there, according to Gartner. So to us, a lot of what we do now is really look into the future, into the next three years, and what else do we want to have in our portfolio um to to really complete the image of what of what we feel enterprise security should look like
5: thank you the following question comes from brad zelnick with
0: deutsche bank you may proceed
6: great thank you so much um Tomer, in your remarks, you said that win rates had increased in Q4, which is great to hear. What exactly is driving that? Is it in any particular area of the market or against any particular competitors that you'd call out?
2: It's been across all competitors, and it's been more evident in the high end of the market. Um, A lot of it is just the work that we've done internally to hone in on our processes Put new discipline, new methodology as to how we go about enterprise sales. I think shifting um, our messaging has also, has also helped significantly. Um, all in all, I'm, I'm very, very encouraged by the performance of the sales team specifically. Um, as we mentioned, we have uh, a new leader for, for the Americas. Um, that's been just a great, you know, great progression on how we go about that segment of the market, specifically the enterprise. So all in all, we um, you know we definitely think this is a trend that's here to stay. Um, our win rates have always been high. That's something to remember. Um, and seeing them go even you know uh, up, up and above uh, in Q4 has, again been just a testament to the changes that we've been leading um, in the past couple of quarters. So all in all, very encouraging across all competitors. Um, We've seen some competitive displacements, I think, more than ever before, seen more displacements of Microsoft. So all in all, I feel like our technology is really starting to shine, and customers are starting to understand better and better that they can just get superior value out of One versus anybody else in the market.
6: Great to hear. And if I could just follow up, Tomer, I've got a couple of investors pinging me on a a question that, that I figure we'll just ask out in the open. I think people are just trying to reconcile your comments from last quarter, talking about 50% ARR for the year as a floor, the bullish comments about Q4, the great pipeline in Q1, stable ASP, good linearity, but but now you're talking about an ARR guide that's a little bit below the floor. Just what, what is it that's changed in 90 from 90 days ago that you'd point our attention to, to, to just think about the, the delta? Thank you.
2: Yeah, I think that nothing really changes as it pertains to us. I think the world looks a bit more uncertain, and we're just trying to find a way um, to give people complete certainty in what we do. Uh, I think pointing to the same ARR addition that we've had this year, you know, gives us a great baseline to work off of, and it's not a major adjustment from where we were. Lastly, as they mentioned, I mean, we are guiding to revenue, and revenue um, you know, is, is really where we point our sights. So all in all, we still have all the ingredients in the business, all the capacity in the business, um, you know, to, to really achieve everything we said and everything we intend to achieve. But with that said, you can't ignore there was literally a bank run three days ago um, that could have bowed incredibly, you know, worse to the economy uh, than it had been playing out. So all of that just, you know, funnels into a very uncertain macro uh, and we just want to try and base what we do on pure factual evidence as to what we can achieve versus giving you any type of, you know, futuristic guidance. We feel comfortable with this. We feel this is, you know, something that we can do um, with, with not much fanfare, um, and I think we can push it higher. I think we can overachieve, and I think that's exactly what Dave was also saying earlier.
6: That's very fair, very clear, and, and it's good to see you growing you know stronger than others in the market so
5: keep up the good work thank you thank you our next question comes from ray mcdonough with guggenheim you may proceed
1: great thanks for taking the question
4: uh tomer we we've heard of momentum with some of your partners in amia and as dave mentioned it seems you're early on in your penetration in international markets and and recognizing some of those partnerships are relatively early can you talk about the performance abroad specifically in EMEA and if there's anything that you're doing to either enable the channel there or accelerate growth in that region in general
2: absolutely um, it's definitely a place where we're putting more and more focus um, we are seeing great success with our partner ecosystem definitely in EMEA but also outside of it Um, These partners have been, through the years, building capabilities on top of our platform. So they're completely standardized on the central one platform. Now for us, you know, having this horizontal reach across many different partner ecosystems, we want to go deeper. We want to go more vertically into these different partner ecosystems, and that's what we're doing right now. We're putting more and more programs to build more commitment throughout our customer um, and partner base. Um, In EMEA, you know, having exclusive networks as one of our biggest distributors um, has been just a great, you know, great partnership for us over the years. Uh, But we are just in the, you know, beginnings of that partnership. We are now going through and enabling more and more of their resellers um, to get that wider reach throughout the continent. Um, About 30% of our revenue comes from EMEA, very, very healthy. Um, And that trend is something that we're seeing elsewhere in terms of deepening the relationship uh, with the channel ecosystem, becoming more lucrative with the channel ecosystem, enabling more module sales through the channel ecosystem. Today, you know, any given channel partner can actually sell so much more out of Central One, and that increases their ASPs, their average deal sizes, in a manner where they can cover more parts of the enterprise, consolidate away some of these other incumbent solutions, but obviously that becomes a better outcome for them. So for us, it's an opportunity. We keep on growing. It's a critical part of our go-to-market, and we're absolutely doubling down our relationship from MSSPs and all the way to VARs and VADs. Um, across the world
1: great thanks for the color
0: thank you the following question comes from Andrew Nowinski with Wells Fargo you may proceed
1: okay great thanks for taking the question so um, I want to ask about cloud security Uh, you've always had a best-in-class cloud security solution and this Wiz announcement I think makes it even stronger And I know you said it accounted for 15% of ACV, but is that a good proxy for the contribution to net new ARR? And and I ask because, you know, net new ARR is decelerated now for two straight quarters down to 10%. And I'm just wondering maybe, you know, what was the driver of that?
2: I'm I'm not sure that's the the case. But in general, you know, cloud security does contribute fairly into net new ARR. It's definitely something that we're going to be seeing more and more of next year. Um, You know, we've said on many occasions that we feel like the opportunity in cloud security could be as big or even bigger than endpoint security, and we're definitely designing our go-to-market to to enjoy and and work through that opportunity in the years to come. Our technical advantage is one thing. Our ability now to strike, uh, I think, a more comprehensive go-to-market around cloud is highly unique in the space, we're already seeing a ton of customer interest but it doesn't come in place of endpoint. I think in many cases we see this as one native complete sale from the endpoint and all the way to the cloud. But with that said, and as we mentioned earlier on, cloud standalone deals actually open a new avenue for us and unlock many accounts that otherwise might have already an endpoint incumbent. So it's a strategic go-to-market motion for us, not only in its cloud regard but also in its ability to position us better in endpoint. And across all these different vectors, um, we will continue to see it grow side by side with our endpoint business, with our data business, and we treat all of those as competitive advantages.
5: Thank you. The next question comes from Patrick Paulville with Scotiabank, you may perceive
6: Hi, this is Joe Vandrick on the line for Patrick. Can you expand on the the differentiating factors that are pulling people towards Singularity Cloud over some of the other workload protection products out there? And then at what point in an organization's
0: journey to the cloud are they typically purchasing the product? Thanks.
2: For us, there are two main advantages. Um, overall, the solution is incredibly easy to deploy, and it's very non-invasive. It's one that doesn't need any type of deep kernel into these environments. So this is an architectural advantage that we have over our direct competitor. Um, the other, you know, very interesting element in what we do for runtime protection is that we've infused our same, you know, AI-based behavioral detection modules into these runtime models for securing the cloud. So now you're talking about a highly performant, um, natively integrated cloud worker protection into every type of an environment from containerized Kubernetes environments, but all the way to just virtual servers hosted into the cloud. Coverage is for all of the above. Runtime protection for all of the above no need to deploy into the kernel level or any type of cumbersome deployment, and having the ability to have complete performance controls that then allow customers to constrain exactly what they want to have for security versus having a rampage agent running wild on their production environments. these are some of the most sensitive environments out there, which is not a surprise to see um, what we mentioned on the the earlier remarks having a multi-million dollar displacement one-to-one from some of these other offerings that I think have promised front-time protection, but at the expense of performance and the expense of flexibility, and that is just something that you can't allow for a production environment. So coupling all these different factors together, um, right now many organizations, especially the cloud native ones, are leaning towards Um, You know, an architecture they can control, an architecture they can trust, and an architecture that truly provides for superior security by infusing AI models into runtime protection, not just waiting for detection, not just identifying vulnerabilities, but truly deflecting attacks from some of these workloads.
5: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And our final question is from Joseph Gallo with Jeffries, you may proceed.
6: Hey guys, really appreciate the question and great to hear your pipeline doubled. Can you just speak to the quality there? And have you seen any cycle benefits from your customers? Having finally set their calendar 23 budgets? and then maybe if I could to ask Brad's question, even more bluntly, should we consider fiscal 24 ARR guide more or less risky than 90 days ago? Thanks.
2: I'll let Dave answer the the latter part of the question. Um, When we look at pipeline, I think we're seeing, um, you know, just incredible growth um, throughout every segment of the market, and that, to me, is the part that's most encouraging. Um, We're seeing the ability to sell into the high end of the enterprise. You're seeing the ability to grow with mid-enterprise, which I would say is the long tail of the endpoint security market. And obviously, we're generating more and more with our MSP ecosystem as well. So all in all, when you look at pipeline today, still predominantly endpoint-oriented, but we're seeing also a lot of pipeline starting to build specifically for cloud security opportunities. This is a change that we've made um, a quarter ago where we started putting more emphasis on cloud only pipeline or cloud mainly pipeline and that contributes to the overall pipeline that we can generate. So this year is going to be the first year where we actually treat pipeline generation by discipline and you not know, just an overall pipeline for endpoint security. Um, as you can imagine, that opens up a host of new opportunities. It cuts through a different TEM in earnest and it creates a much bigger opportunity size for the company as a whole. That's why we're encouraged. That's why we feel, um, you know, we, we're now on a different pace in Python generation. We're now tapping different markets. We're not just talking um, in endpoint sense. And, and as far as, you know, comparing versus the last 90
3: days, I, I well, I think what I'd ask you to do is to focus on the revenue guide which you know we, we believe is is strong and achievable and, and in terms of just the ARR in, in the current environment we're we're just being prudent around it and and I think that's what we're trying to to get out in within
4: this guidance. Thanks guys.
5: Thank you. I will now pass it back to the management team for closing remarks.
2: Thanks everybody. Appreciate your time today and looking forward for a great year. Thank you.
5: This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect your line.